Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And we will be sure to answer those questions just as soon as we are in the studio uh, together again. Well, today is Tuesday. Doug, what's going on in the news? There's a lot. They have bad weather out in Texas. I think it's going toward Mississippi, so all our oh. listeners on WMER better be careful. Uh, Mom and Dad, I hope you guys are doing well. Hunker down there. Uh, apparently, there were really bad tornadoes out in Texas, mm. uh, out in Waxahachie, which is, I think, uh, over toward the Fort Worth area, I think. And um, But, yeah, that that's going on, the weather. Um I was talking to a um, um, police officer friend of mine who was sharing some of the things been going on. We need to pray for our police officers um, because, and I don't know if you saw, there was a, a viral video going around of a guy who had been on the force for a long time who just said, I'm tired of it. Mm. I'm, I don't, did you see that? Uh, you know, he, he was an officer that was just kind of airing out. Uh, I'm a good officer. Not all officers are bad. And he was just really venting about all the stuff that's been going on. And there's bad people in all careers. You know, Mm -hmm. there's people who have ill intent. They just, you know, they get through the cracks or whatever, but he's just tired. He said, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. And I was talking to this one friend of mine who's a police officer and he was sharing with me some stuff like teenagers being a hindrance to an arrest of a guy with a firearm. And I'm just like, really? Mm. Really? I mean, like, but they, they feel empowered because of this anarchy that we see. And, and you know, as believers, first, we have a responsibility to pray for those who serve in those capacities. And they do not bear the sword in vain. In other words, they they have an ability to take a life. Uh, and because some people have um, abused that not all and and not even a majority but because some people have abused it now there's this mass uh, anarchy against these people who risk their life every day and I, I just want you to stop and think for a second what would happen if all the policemen across this country just quit tomorrow every law enforcement person whether they're federal state local they just quit. They resigned. What do you think would happen to our country, man? Uh, we'd probably have a uh, martial law imposed. It, it would be anarchy. Yeah. And and we would have a tyranny. Yeah. People have no idea the function. Uh, you know, it's like I was telling uh, my kids one time, you know, about, ooh, I wouldn't want to be a garbage man. You know, that's mm. nasty. I pick up the garbage. And I said, oh, but you sure appreciate them, don't you? Yeah, because we all do different things, and um, and what we do, we have different callings in life. But 
for the people who risk their life every day, whether they're in the fire and rescue or whatever, uh, or, or police officers, you know, we need to lift these people up in prayer because I, I think we're in this particular guy was sharing with me that he thinks it's going to get worse. Oh yeah. It's yeah. going downhill. Mm-hmm. We happen to live in a state with a good governor mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, has, uh, and by the way, he passed, uh, he signed a bill yesterday or the day before about, uh, you know, really against people not being able to force vaccines on people in the state and even mask requirements in the federal state. And already some private businesses are saying, that, I heard him say it, well, that doesn't apply to us. We're private. We can require masks as long as we want. Like, why would you want to do that? Yeah. Do we live in such fear, literally such fear, that you have to have vaccines and a mask? It's so ridiculous I, I, I out there. I think it's more uh, a uh, a worshiping of, you know, it's a virtue signal of their worship to the uh, the religion of yeah. uh, the woke. You know what I mean? And so I, I think that has a lot more to do with it than actual true fear. Now, there are probably people who are really afraid, but when it comes to those big businesses i would imagine it's much more uh to do with um being uh, wanting to show wh- where they stand on the issue you know yeah well uh i don't know if you saw the uh the the uh the new cia ad that oh, came out yeah the woke one that. i'm an intersectional cisgender millennial woman of color was what she said in there and, here's and then the she thing. said i'm not here for labels after she just listed oh, all her I, she, yeah why and you know what what she didn't say in the thing is i'm here to protect and serve she didn't say it was all about her not even about the mission at all i think the point was to let people like you and me traditional america know that this isn't the country for you anymore I think that's really what the point was, and that uh, we're we're looking to cater to a new citizen and um, a citizen that doesn't want to be a citizen. Well, um, so well, well, well. All right. First of all, you know, I've I've heard several people on different news programs, uh, uh, a, a different you know wide spectrum, arguing about this thing. It's apparently making rounds. A lot of people are commenting on it, and it's in the news. And because here's actual quotes, I'm a woman of color. All right. That should have no bearing on whether you're a CIA agent or not. Uh, I'm a cisgender millennial. That doesn't matter. Who, who cares? Just be an agent and do your job. I've been diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. That causes me pause, first of all, <laughs> yeah. um, because, you know, I'm not saying that people that have issues and one commentator actually said, well, you know, I'm just glad to see that people with mental issues can be employed by the CIA. I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> Do you know what the job of the CIA is? Did he say that? Yes, he said that. No, no, he said that literally on air. I'm glad to see that people that have anxiety and mental disorders can actually not let that keep them from serving in places like the CIA. Now, I will say I would imagine working for the CIA could probably give you some sort of level oh, of anxiety. It, it, you it, know it, what I mean? it could, so. but... But I mean, this, the, the, but he was justifying, like, you know, the next we're going to, you know, listen, I'm all for getting people with mental illness help. People should receive help. And you know what? They, they should be able to serve. But again, 
not necessarily in certain career fields or certain places. That's right. Nobody has a right to serve in the military. Nobody does. The military is not a social experimentation place. It is a place with a mission to protect our country. Uh, it, it should not be socially uh, constructed to make sure we have um, transgenders in there or people who have certain disorders allowed. The Handicap Act does not apply to people in the military because you've got people that need to go into battle and win battles. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way in law enforcement. I don't want somebody with a bipolar disorder out there having a gun and a badge. Yeah, and you also don't want somebody with, uh, you know, I would say loose or not strongly foundation of morals, right? Because as the state is moving more and more away from God, you're going to see the temptation for law enforcement to do things like they did uh, in um, England uh, by arresting a preacher for saying that, you know, the the biblical views on homosexuality. So I think that's another aspect of how we need to pray for um, the officers who are serving that they are well, willing to stand up for you know the morals that they held dear. Well, here's the other thing in the t in the in the ad, she's wearing a t shirt with a female gender symbol on that has a raised fist like power to the people. Mm. I mean, like this is this is the highest. Foreign intelligence gathering service we have, and I'm sorry that that just sends a terrible message to the young people of this country. I, I think th- I think it sends the message that they want to send, and as I said, it's to say that this country is no longer the country of traditional uh, what's considered American, uh, and, and we're going a new way, and um, we're with the the revolution. I, I think that's really what it is. It's a signaling not only to to uh, traditional Americans that, hey, this isn't your country anymore, but it's also signaling to those who uh, want uh, radical change, like, hey, come work with us. Well, what's interesting is on YouTube, the social media sites, and Twitter, it got a lot of down thumbs, which is funny to me yeah. because, uh, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to get off too far. I, I just was struck by it, but... I mean, I can't imagine the FBI doing that or the just the CIA, I, even though I know it's going on, um, you know, I, I just, um, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, somebody even quoted that the CIA is probably trying to overthrow the democratically elected government of her parents' country of origin. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I say, it's something, and, you know, I think that the, the ratio shows that there's still more people in America who... Uh, value, um, you know, American values. Like I say, the traditional American values and see that, hey, you know, uh, this isn't what the CIA should be about. Uh, so, you know, that's a a, a a silver lining, right, that that you can look to. But in, unless we uh, make it known that, you know, this isn't the way we want our country to go, it's not going to amount to much. One, one guy said, congratulations, the next CIA torture program will be headed <laughs> up by an LGBTQ transgender woman of color. That's progress. Isn't yeah. that funny? Yeah. Uh, you know, actually, it's sad. It, it really is sad. Um, and, you know, one other thing that I, I I didn't mean to go that far down that road, but you have uh, justices arguing uh, about the transgender. When we come back, I do want to get into that just a little bit before we get into the text today about how these two uh, uh, justices are arguing over the whole um, transgender issue. 
So, All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Red Letters by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we've been talking a little bit about uh, the news of the day uh, that uh, from around the country and from locally uh, that we talk about. Usually in the first 15 minutes, we're going to bleed over just a little bit before we get into Acts chapter 6, verses 8 through 15. Um, we're going to talk I, a little. Yeah, I just I, I made the, the comment about two justice claims. There's two justice claims, like you have two social justice claims mm. that are going against each other. And and by that, you have Caitlin Bruce Jenner, or should I say Bruce Caitlin yeah. Jenner. Um, if he wants to refer to himself as Caitlin, I'll do that. But I'm not going to call him a girl because he's not a girl. He's a guy. Uh, he was a decathlete. I won a gold medal, mm-hmm. I mean, and as a deca- decathlete. And he's probably one of the best known male athletes in the 20th century for, yeah. for all of his athletic prowess on the uh, Olympics. But he reintroduced himself to the world as Caitlyn Jenner. Um, and he now is considering a run for governor of California against Gavin Newsom. Yeah, he released a uh, campaign ad. Now here's what's crazy. He's transgender, but he comes out as a transgender who is saying that the athletes should have to compete in their class of biological birth, which is kind of weird, right? I mean, if anyone would have a, a, a say that everyone should uh, you know listen to it, I think it would probably be him, right? Yeah, you know so he's I mean? going against transgender orthodoxy here, right? Because in transgender orthodoxy, you, you have to be fully – um, transition to different things. Uh, people have to accept you for who you think you are, not who you biologically are. And people are attacking him now. And they're saying that, well, it's disappointing. Uh, she got, or they're calling her she, I, I will say he uh, got to experience 
you know, a lot of approval for his, but they're young kids coming out that aren't getting experience that. And, um, you know, it's just funny that uh, uh, Al Mohler said that in order to understand the depth of confusion and rebellion against sanity here, talking about all this going on, because all these people are attacking him, a transgender, because he's saying, well, we shouldn't be able to do this as transgenders. Uh, you have to be able to understand something like George Orwell's 1984, except it's 19, it's not 1984, it's 19, or it's 2021. And it's real life, he says. And, uh, he says, thank you, California for once again, giving us a picture of absurdity. So, uh, now we know why people are leaving California in droves to yeah. go to Texas. Right. right. And you know, the, the transgender issue is a, is an interesting one. I would say in particular because of how, uh, the right uh, as far as the establishment, I guess, uh, you know, Republican, uh, there's a lot of governors who have banned bills or, you know, have vetoed bills that were to, you know, keep athletes competing in their biological sex. I think um, although uh, our governor DeSantis did actually sign one into law, which is pretty cool. But a, a lot of big name, uh, you know, uh, Republicans have kind of gone soft on that issue. And I think that's something that's disconnected from uh where most people are, I think most people see, hey, you know, especially we're talking about kids. They need to be competing in their biological sex, uh, uh, in their biological, the class of their biological sex. And, you know, we saw in Connecticut the, the unfair advantage that was given to to uh, fellas who ran with the ladies and took first and second in, in the state. You know, I mean, it's it's good job. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, here's the thing. I, I want to close with this this segment really with the, the part uh, that uh, Al Mohler talked about revolutions because what we've seen obviously is a sexual revolution uh, to a homosexual revolution to now a transgender revolution and all, all kinds of stuff. We're trying to redefine humanity mm-hmm. according to what we think it ought to sound like, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he makes the point that throughout history – We've got to remember that when people try to do this, they try to redefine humanity apart from the biblical definition of human beings made in God's image, then what you have is a revolution that doesn't uh, liberate humanity. It crushes humanity. Mm. Um, And real human beings who end up being hopeless that's why the, the suicide rate is so high among trans. It's not bullying. It's because it's not it's not who God designed them to be. And it's the same way with homosexuality. Uh, you can pursue that lifestyle that you think is true freedom, but it's not. It is only leading you into more bondage, and it's a dark downward spiral. And the only truly liberating truth that we have for any of us is the gospel that God reigns, God reigns, Jesus reigns over all, and he saved us, and he saved us so that he could deploy us as his emissaries and ambassadors into this dark world to carry truth. And we see this week, uh, all week, we're looking at the life of Stephen. And Stephen is a guy who was courageous. He was full of faith, Holy Spirit, courage. Uh, Like I said, he was full of wisdom full of power. He, he was a man fully surrendered to God. And, you know, that's what we talked about last week at SWAT and on, on the air this week, we're really diving into 
what does that mean to be fully surrendered? Well, we see it in the life of Stephen, and we kind of got into it a little bit yesterday that he was a man full of faith. And we talked about how our faith really impacts who we are, what people see. It impacts our choices. It impacts our goals and values, what we really believe. And if that belief system is not based on truth, then ultimately everything outside of that that's affected by that is going to crumble one day because it's not based on truth. If if you don't have if you don't build according to code, I remember this illustration a long time ago when Hurricane Andrew, which was way before you were born, probably wasn't it? Uh, back in the eighties, early eighties. When were you born? I was born in eighty nine. Yeah, I thought it was in the nineties though. Maybe it was. Maybe I'm it was. Thinking 90- of a different, I'm thinking of Floyd. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I think look up Andrew real quick and tell me when it was. I can't even remember the exact year, uh, but it hit down in Miami, and in this one subdivision. There was, um, there was one house standing out of literally a hundred houses and the news people went in, they were like, man, they went in after, you know, they'd go afterwards and they seen this one guy's house is intact and every other house in that, that subdivision was pulverized Mm. and they asked him why, why, why is your house standing? And he goes into his house and he comes back with with the plans and he said and he had a book too he said this is the code to build a house to this is the city all the ordinances and codes to build a house to withstand a hurricane all these houses were supposed to be built according to this code Mm. i built my house according to the code and it stood the Mm. storms and so when you think about that in life if you try to build your house your life and it's not according to God's code, it's going to crumble. The whole Christian life is nothing more than us just simply saying to God, God, I'm yours. I want to live my life under your leadership. And wherever you take me, you know, however you take me, I'm looking to you. It doesn't mean that we don't partner with him and do things. But the bottom line is once you deviate, just like he was, uh, Moeller said was when he was talking about when you try to, uh, do a revolution and redefine humanity apart from God's definition. And uh, it's the same thing in life. When you try to redefine marriage outside of God's definition, when you try to redes- redefine gender outside of God's definition, th- the humanity is going to be crushed by that. And look at what's happened. Do you, I mean, we've had problems in our country before, but have you, since you were a kid, which in the eighties, have you seen the chaos and anarchy like you've seen in the last few years? No. It's insane. Why? Because we redefined, first of all, we redefined marriage. Uh, we redefined gender now. And we, we took God out of the equation and said, you know what? It's okay. You've got people openly lobbying now for godless values in society. And, and yet we all are people of values even 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 the most liberal progressive um you know uh person out there has values they're just different than our values and they 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 believe in theirs and what's so crazy is if you start talking to them and you disagree with them they're so intolerant they they want they accuse you of being, being intolerant but they're they're the ones who are intolerant and so as christians listen you are going to be seen 
as as somebody who is a threat to anybody who wants to live their life apart from God. Plain and simple, you are the enemy. You are going to be a source of conviction to them. You're going to be some when they see you. Uh, and and we have this idea that we can f- be friends with the world, and and we can't. We don't. Uh, it's not that you you're mean to people. But you don't have the same values. If you start compromising your values to influence people for Christ, then you're not doing it in a way that's honoring God. And that's an ends justifies the means mindset. And we've had that a lot in churches. Mm -hmm. We've compromised. And so Stephen was a man who said, no, I am a man of faith. And that's what they said about him. One of the first things they say about him, Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And so as we look again at this text today and we kind of further explore what faith really is, um, when we come back, I'm going to have you read the passage again and starting in verse five. And, um, but I'll wait till we come back because I want you, I want him to hear it. And then I want to get into the real faith aspect and what it means to be, uh, full of faith and full of the Holy spirit, because I think that may have different meanings to people who may be listening mm. You know, I mean, if you think full of faith, well, I just believe Jesus died on the cross. Well, so did the demons. They they believe that, too. They saw it. I mean, they witnessed it. Right. It, but that's not changing their life. Faith is more than just an intellectual assent to a fact. And I think that's what we've relegated it to because people say, well, I know my, my son believes in Jesus because he... He, he, you know, he prayed when he was 12 years old. So I know he said he believes in him. And I talked to him today. He said he believes in him. Well, the demons do. And they tremble, it says in James. And so it's not simply a mental assent. It, faith means a belief that produces an action in your life. And, and if you don't have that action accompanying that, then the belief is nothing more than a mental ascent to something. So when we come back, we'll get into Stephen's life here. All right, so make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. Hurricane Andrew, by the way, 1992. 92, yeah, Yeah, you're right. All right, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you who are listening online, wherever you're listening in the country or around the world and we'd also like to give a shout out to our local listeners listening here at 91.7 in jacksonville 91.9 in st augustine and 91.3 in folks in georgia you're listening to swat radio stay tuned we'll be back with more after the news to SWAT Radio. That was David Crowder with All My Hope. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 6, verses 8 through 15 this week. Um, actually, we're going to read uh, 5 through 15. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to go back to 5. But, you know, I, I asked this question yesterday, again, for just focus. I want people to, to, to think about this. 
you know, we were talking about death really revealing who we are. If, if you knew death was imminent for you, how would that impact what's on your mind like right now? Like, what would you think of? What do you think you would think of? Um, how, and it makes you focus. I know I shared about a couple of times in my life where I, I thought it was imminent. And it really focused in my thinking uh, about being with God at that moment and um, realizing how important what God had done for me was and how much I really loved him and how that was looking in my life. And uh, those kind of moments uh, we don't always get, (laughs) but they're helpful. And uh, I was thinking about Joseph Stalin because I made many trips over to Russia. At the end of his life, he was laid out on a bed. And right before he died, he raised up and held his fist up at God right before he died, like one final act of defiance. I think even pagans think about God right before they die. They know they're accountable. It's deep within us. Uh, Voltaire, who was a French philosopher, said, 20 years from now, Christianity will be no more. My single hand will wipe out what the 12 apostles established. He was a proud, arrogant man, but when he died, you know what he said? Right before he died, uh, he said, I'm abandoned by God and man. I, I, I will give half of what I'm worth if I just get six more months. Okay. He died in 1778, and guess what? Christianity still going strong here in 2021. Contrast that with that in Iram Judson, an American missionary to Myanmar or Burma. He was, he was suffering really bad at death, but those were around him. He said this. He said, you know what? I go with the gladness of a boy bounding away from school. I feel so strong in Christ. There's just something about when you are in Christ. I've been in the, the hospital room of people dying from cancer with Christ, and I've been around people dying who don't have Christ. Very different experience. And I don't know where you are out there today, but my hope and prayer is that you would not let another day go by without surrendering your heart to the Lordship of Jesus and to his saviorhood. He, it is two sides of one coin. It is not a different coin. You don't say receive him as savior and reject him as Lord. You can't do that. Uh, I mean, we make mistakes every day, even though he's our Lord, but our desire is is to own those mistakes, receive the cross as the payment for the penalty for those sins, and to walk in the freedom that he gives us. That's why he says in 1 John, he says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive our sins. So we're in Acts chapter 6. Taylor's going to read 5 through uh, verse 15. And we're looking at Stephen, a man fully surrendered. And um, Stephen had not been a believer for very long, just a few weeks. He was a Hellenistic Jew. He was one of the guys lifted up out of the seven, drawn from thousands of people to help rectify an organizational problem they were having in uh, uh, chapter six early on, uh, because the church was not an organization. It was an organism, and it was growing. And so they had logistical issues. And so the apostle says, we need help. We need some men to oversee this logistical issue, and and Stephen was a first name on the list, and it says he was a man full of faith. So go ahead and read that, Taylor, and we'll come back and look at what it means to be a man fully surrendered. All right. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, 
and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to this to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians and of those of Sicilia and Asia rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom of the spirit with which he was speaking. Then they secretly instigated men who said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him, and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses who said, This man never ceases to speak words against the holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. The face of an angel. Wouldn't you like that to be said about you, that when people see you, they see the face of an angel? Yeah. You know, this is a man fully surrendered. His name, Stephen, actually means victor's crown. A man full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom, full of grace, full of power. He was full of courage in God's presence. And we're going to look at each one of these. And we started yesterday just talking about faith, this first one in verse 5. By faith in what? Faith in what he believed. He had his, the object of his faith was that Jesus of Nazareth is Messiah. It was the dominating force in his life for, for, you know, a few short weeks. He now knew what nobody had known prior to Jesus being on the earth. I mean, uh, God's people looked forward to the mystery, but they didn't know. And now the apostles had been preaching this Jesus fulfilled all the scriptures, and he believed it. And how do we know he believed it? Because he went into the Sanhedrin. They arrested him. He went in there, and he began to proclaim to them God's word. Chapter 7, what we're going to get into this week at SWAT, is he begins to talk to them from God's word. He knew the Old Testament, and that's where he started. He gave them the word of God. And my question for you as you're listening today is do you really know God's word? Do you do you cherry pick his word? Do you just go in and take certain passages that, oh, I really like this and I want to focus on this to the exclusion of others? You know, God says that blessed is the man who what does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Verse one, I mean, that's in uh, Psalm 1. And on that law, he meditates day and night. That word meditate means to chew on. Do you chew on God's word? Do you do a quick one and done? Okay, I read a chapter. I talked to one guy. I read a verse. I read a verse for today. (laughs) There's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of verses. And a lot of times we'll, we'll give God a minute. And then we'll give uh, CNN, MSNBC, uh, Fox News, we'll give them two hours of our time. Yeah. Um, you know, Brad said one time, you know, when a hurricane comes, he'll watch eight hours, he'll watch the Weather Channel. I mean, and uh, to me, wh- where do you get wisdom? 
You get wisdom from the fear of the Lord and trusting in the Lord. How many times in Scripture do you see examples of where God takes people that are in perilous situations and he delivers them? Why do you think those are in there? It's to comfort his people and to let them know. That doesn't mean that you will escape injury. It doesn't mean that you won't have bad things happen in your life. But those stories are in there for us to know how God relates to his people. And no matter what the world says around you, God unfolds his plan. In fact, Stephen lays this out, and we're going to get into that this week in chapter 7, where he says God told Abraham beforehand, hey, your people are going to be held captive 400 years. They're going to be in captivity. Is that what happened? Sure did in Egypt. Who knew that? Well, God knew that because it's part of an unfolding plan. You think you just appeared because some monkey transformed into a person because that's what the world says. The world says in its culture and, and in the classroom that you just evolved. There was a big bang and you evolved. How, how in the world can you buy into that if you really believe in God's word? I don't know how you can. I don't know how you can put those two things together because in the word of God, it says what? God made man not from a monkey. It says he made man from the dust of the earth and the woman he made from the rib of man. And then it says they had children and those children had children and they evolved. And so uh, we keep trying to fit the world system into God's system instead of just trusting God. So Stephen was a man full of faith. He was dominated by faith. He believed in God's word. Second, he believed in God's sovereignty, the plan and the purposes of God. So often when things happen in life, I was talking to a guy the other day, and a tragedy happened in their life. And you know, when tragedies happen, we can't always answer the why. We don't know why. We may never know why this side of him, but what we can answer is, the who God loves us. And when we can't see his hands moving, we don't know his motives. We can trust his character and his love. And Stephen believed that. And he, and most importantly, he had faith in God's Messiah. How do we know that? Because when he preached that message in Acts chapter seven, he finishes with that talking about Messiah, almost calling them another invitation for the Sanhedrin. And so first it says he was a man full of faith. Well, in verse 3 and 5, again, it says he was full of the Holy Spirit. They looked for men with the Spirit. He was the first man on the list. It said he was a man full of faith in the Spirit, verse 5. And in verse 10, it says that Spirit in him was what was so dominating in the conversation with those people that were trying to debate him. So being in the Holy Spirit doesn't just mean raising your hands, going rah-rah for Jesus or, or feeling an emotion. It means yielded to God's word and his plan. And so Stephen was a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And, and we see that in his life. This was a man yielded to God's word. Uh, he knew the Old Testament. That was his word. And so when we look at his life, when you are fully surrendered to God, you're going to be a person full of faith. God wants his people to be people of faith. And when we come back, I'll, I'll uh, kind of pick up on the Holy Spirit part and how that faith shows through the power of being yielded to the Holy Spirit. All right. So make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT 
excuse me, SWAT radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. (laughs) This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Nobody by Casting Crowns. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 6, verses 8 through 15. We're talking about Stephen this week, and we'll be talking about him more uh, next week as well. If you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, we, we've looked at two of the seven characteristics here in this text. Uh, faith, uh, a man full of faith. He was a man full of the Holy Spirit, which, which again, if somebody would, like, I want you to go back. Now you know because you've heard me teach on it, but... I don't know if you've heard that that definition before, but people have a lot of different views on what it means to be full of the Holy Spirit. Did you have a different view prior to that teaching when I was talking about being yielded? I mean, like I definitely didn't think of it in that way. Yeah, yeah. what 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 did you think of it? Like, I mean, what what goes through your head when you hear he was a man full of the Holy Spirit? Mm, I guess I would have thought like passionate and on fire, kind of that type yeah. of yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's most of the time. Uh, have you seen uh, false teachers passionate? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They yeah. can be on fire too, right? Yeah. So it means yielded to God's word and his plan. Now, the passion can be there, uh, but but really it's more than just some kind of an emotional or passionate feeling. It's being yielded to God's word. So when they selected Stephen, a man full of faith in the spirit, he was a man who was yielded to God's word above his own desires. A man who was yielded to whatever God said through his word, and that was the lens through which he saw life. And we see that in chapter 7 because he goes back and he just unfolds how God was moving throughout time in his word. 
And so because he was a man full of faith and he was a man full of the Holy Spirit, he also was a man full of wisdom. Uh, and wisdom uh, is the beginning of it starts where? In the fear of the Lord. With the fear of the Lord. So a man who fears the Lord and applies his word to life. So if a man knows what God says in his word but chooses to go against that word, is that a wise man? No. That, that, what does the Bible say? He says the guy who does that, uh, to people who hear God's word and don't do it, Jesus himself said it's like a man who builds his what? His house on sand. Mm-hmm. And in the in the Jewish culture, I've been in a wadi. A wadi is a big, it's kind of like a big uh, draw or a big uh, a, a honed out area where like a river goes through, like a dry riverbed. Mm. And the word there for sand actually had that implication of that wadi. Mm. And so if you, those, those storms, you might not even see them and the flood would be on you so quick and so fast, it would wipe out anything that was down in that wadi. And, and so when you build your house on a rock, it means it's on stability. Yeah. That, that gives such a different connotation, right? For the people there understanding that he meant that about a wadi, like, oh, that, that is really, that's really foolish. Like, oh, you, it, it's so foolish yeah. that well, nobody would do that. Yeah. Right? And I, I didn't know that about that as far as in Israel. So when you brought that up, I was like, oh, well, yeah, that's really dumb. Yeah. Cause I mean, but if you did that, you, you would be just waiting for the moment for it's going to wipe out all that you've built and we're waiting for the rainy season. And that's what happens when people make foolish choices in life. These people, what they do is they try to live their life apart from faith in God, apart from being spirit filled, yielded to his word and authority. And, and they're not wise. You know, one guy said, I asked what wisdom was. He says, well, it's knowledge. And I said, no, it's not just knowledge, but, and, and then, uh, another guy said, well, it's knowledge and, and experience. Well, no, because I know a lot of older, experienced, dumb guys who <laughs> know things, but they don't see things through the lens of what? Through the lens of Scripture and through the lens of God. Yeah. And so wisdom is a man who fears the Lord and applies his word to his life. In other words, when he makes choices, he sees things through that lens. So Stephen was a man full of faith. He was full of the Holy Spirit. Verse 3 and 10 said he was also a man full of wisdom. And um, uh, verse 8 also says he was a man full of grace. Grace is, man, we need grace so bad today. And this was not just grace received from God. It was grace given from God. And if you look over in chapter 7, he says at the end, when they're stoning him, he dies in the next chapter as he preaches this beautiful message of, of history to the people of how God got him to this point, and they start stoning him. He says, don't hold it against them, Lord. Forgive them. I mean, he was kind, loving, even against those mistreating him. And, man, for for, for us today, we can be in the flesh so quick to to want to have. We can be more like James than Stephen. Mm-hmm. You, do you want us to call down fire from heaven on mm-hmm. him? Mm-hmm. I mean, for disrespecting you? Instead of, Father, forgive them. They don't know. They just don't know. So he was a man full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom and grace, but he was also a man full of power. And this was amazing because not th- there were very few people that did not have a specific 
what I call a big task from God that we're blessed with this ability to do miracles. I mean, if you look in back in the Old Testament, you do not see that many people doing miracles, right? Yeah. Moses, uh, Joshua, Elijah, Elisha, uh, not very many people. Now, God used people to do some amazing things. Samson did. I mean, he beat a thousand people with the jawbone of a donkey. Yeah. I mean, that's that's miraculous, but it wasn't like he touched somebody and healed them or did these miracle signs. Very few people have done those. And in the New Testament, you see the 12 apostles. And Stephen was not an apostle, but, but God gave him and Philip this ability to do some amazing wonders and signs to validate them as God's messengers. Why? Because they didn't have the New Testament written at that time. There were, I mean, there was no validation for what they were saying except, you know, the miracles that accompanied them. Remember what Nicodemus said back in chapter 3? We know that no one but God could do these signs you're doing. He's talking to Jesus there. And so it's a witness of God's word. And even his arguments with the people who were coming against them in Luke 21, 15, Jesus says, you know, when they bring you before the council or they bring you before governors, don't worry. In fact, I want to read it real quick. Luke 21, listen to this. This is great because we see you read what happened when he was arguing with them, right? Mm-hmm. Luke 21, 15 says, it says, I will give you a mouth of and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. Now contrast that with verse 10. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. That's a fulfillment of what Jesus said. Yeah. It's another promise fulfilled. So he was a man full of faith, a man full of the spirit, a man full of wisdom, a man full of grace, and a man full of power. And tomorrow we're going to come back and we're going to really dig down on this courage thing. And remember, we said yesterday, courage isn't the absence of fear, but it's the assessment that something more important than the fear within you is worth being done. And so, you know, a lot of people make decisions every day to put their fear down to deal with something they've got to deal with. And so tomorrow we're going to dig into the courage in verses 9 through 14 and God's presence he had both those things. So uh, hopefully that was encouraging to you today. You got any uh, closing questions or thoughts? I know we're we're almost out of time. Let me see. Well, I got a lot of thoughts. But, yeah. Uh, you know, it. I think it's important for us to to take the example of Stephen, uh, you know, kind of just um, where we're headed. And, uh, yeah, that's where you're headed as a country. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. I expound on that a little bit because I. I really believe, I agree with you, that that we have an opportunity now to be Stevens yeah. in a world that desperately needs Stevens. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking earlier about the transgender issue, and, and you were talking about that that is, you know, a core, but that's why it's so, uh, da- not dangerous, but so antithetical to the gospel, because the whole Christian worldview is now such that we are going against the very basis of God's created order, and if we're in a culture where we don't realize uh, that 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 is God's order, then they're going to be more antagonistic when you talk about God and and um, going to be wanting to treat you like they treated Stephen. And I think it's important, you know, talking about Stephen being full of grace. That that's how we 
engage with uh, in with the people is with grace, but when it comes to the the society as a whole, that you know you be ready to make spiritual war on on the shibboleths, right? Well, that, well, that well we, yeah. But here here's the thing: when you talk about making spiritual war, what you're talking about is apologetics or apologia, which mm-hmm. is basically defending the faith with reason, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and so. Here's a, I hear a lot of people say we need a bunch of Daniels. Well, we need people with with the courage of a Daniel, but what we really need is a bunch of Stevens. Because the thing that Daniel didn't do that Stephen did, Stephen got up and proclaimed the gospel. Yeah. Daniel was bold, no question about it. But Stephen was bold. And when we look at Daniel, Daniel was delivered. Mm. Stephen wasn't. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and who was in charge of that? God was. But Stephen delivered the goods, man. I mean, Stephen, yeah. it's not that Daniel didn't serve a purpose. He prayed and he continued to pray. He loved God. I mean, we don't know anything negative said about Daniel. But Stephen stood up in the midst of a group of people that had already beaten his friends. So he mm-hmm. told him about Jesus. They'd already crucified the one that he'd living his life for. And he told them one more time. He gave them that, knowing he was probably going to die. Yeah. And, I mean, that is not just bold. That's faithful. Yeah. That's faithful witness of Jesus Christ. That's being a martyr. He's the first martyr. And so when we come back tomorrow, we're going to look at that courage and God's presence in the midst of that. And hopefully you can be that Stephen in our culture today. Yeah. Um, All right, that's all the time we have for today, so make sure you tune in tomorrow. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual